0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here. And always thank you guys for joining me for yet another episode here on Let It Grow Investing. So last time had that uh, talk with my wife, we talked all about, uh, you know, how we kind of set up our portfolios, how we got to where we are, uh, all the kind of that backstory of, you know, starting from, from nothing, trying to pay down debt. And, uh, you know, with that being said, we really didn't cover too much on Really, what the market was doing, and uh, there was a lot of different things going on. So, uh, we're definitely going to get caught up today and uh, try to figure out where we can go forward from here, and uh, ultimately try to make some decisions on what's next for our portfolio and our investing. So, um, yeah, I guess we can uh, roll right into the uh, to the episode here. But uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. Let it uh, click that icon for. Uh, future episodes so you don't miss out on any uh, new updates from us over here. And uh, also, uh, I do have some links in the description to help get you going. Uh, Whether you're looking for uh, crypto, retirement accounts, uh, investing accounts, trading accounts, there's a a lot of different options. We're using Weevil for the Let It Grow Investing investing Challenge for 2023. And uh, that is moving up rather nicely from the start of the year. And uh, yeah, with that being said, let's roll right into things here. So, Um, if you're following the S&P 500, I know we've talked about this one a lot uh, on that five day. We started off uh, Monday around 41.29 was the peak. And uh, we closed at the end of the week around 41.02. So uh, a lot of sideways action. If you look at the five day, it does look like a pretty big downtrend. But really, we only went down as low as 4,073. Um, So we're in a pretty tight channel of about uh, 50 points here. And uh, yeah, we closed out Friday around 41.05. So up about 14 points on Friday alone, about a third of a point. So um, what happened over the course of the week? Well, we had some different jobs numbers come out, uh, a lot of different uh, undercurrents as to what's going on out there. We had Uh, unemployment come in at 3.5%, where the consensus was 3.6%. So that is definitely nice to see that unemployment is low. Uh, We had a lower amount of jobs actually added. We had 236,000 jobs added. And depending on who you're asking, there was uh, expectations of between 238,000 and 240,000. Now that is at a low uh since uh last january uh i'm looking at uh january was 364,000 for 22 and then we shot up in february to 904,000 some crazy number there uh but yeah this is definitely the lowest number we've seen in that past year uh you know december of 22 was at 239 so we were just under that we were expecting a couple more but ultimately that uh, was a little bit light Um, but as I said, still pretty on track to what we were expecting. So nothing crazy there. Uh, the jolts report, I believe that was, uh, the jobless claims came in at, uh, 228,000 for March versus 200,000. So that number was a little bit higher than we anticipated. Uh, so there's a lot of conflicting news here, but, uh, the numbers aren't too far off. We didn't have any, you know, Uh, blowout numbers like we did in February of 22, having uh, that 904,000 jobs added. So things are coming down in that realm. Uh, We've kind of seen that with the layoffs, with uh, people kind of losing their jobs in in mass uh, at a lot of the different tech companies out there. And we're also seeing a year over year percent change in the average hourly earnings coming down. Uh, You know, when we look back over the course of 22, a lot of these numbers were in the 5% up uh, year over year, and now we are looking at wages only being up about 4.2%. So they are uh, coming back down in line, kind of with inflation as it's you know slowly cooling. And uh, you know the Fed ultimately ultimately said that we might get one more rate hike in May and ultimately pause. Uh, that's at least what one Fed uh, person had said. But ultimately, we will see with some of these different numbers what they take from all this information and what they do with it. Uh, So we're still seeing uh, those mortgage rates coming back down also. So, uh, you know, we might see more on that refi type front as uh, rates definitely cool. But I think that's going to be more later in the year. I don't think we're at any sort of peak right now to go ahead and do that unless uh, you need to pull cash out uh, from buying at a uh, at a higher rate. And there's a little bit left on the table to where you need some cash in order to do some things. I don't really see too many people refining at uh, at these current rates, but uh, everyone's situation is different. I will go ahead and say that. Uh, what else we got? Uh, IRS, they want more money. Can you believe that? Um, I guess that's why they call it the IRS. It's not my money. It's theirs. Uh, if you get that one. Anyhow, we've got uh, them hiring about 30,000 more staff members over the next two years, and they have a new uh, $80 billion worth of funding that they're trying to deploy. So Uh, I guess that means they want more than $80 billion back out of these uh, additional 30,000 people that they are hiring. So that is going to be something we'll be uh, continuing to watch over the course of the next two years. I'm sure that'll have some different changes for us going forward. Probably more uh, oversight, more audits, more, uh, you know, government reach on uh, what we're doing with our money. And I'm sure that the, the people that were, you know, Credit Suisse was watching, saying that you know they have a a lot of uh, American investors putting their money there. I'm sure things like that are going to be a uh, crackdown on, which ultimately is probably a good thing. You know, the the ultra rich might not have as much in their uh, their accounts. Oh well, that's uh that's on them for trying to hide money. But um, yeah, what else we got? We've got uh, Pelosi went ahead and exercised a hundred call options, which is ten thousand shares. If you're in the options game on Apple. So she is buying Apple shares uh, this past month. They have to disclose what they're buying. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that is a great situation that uh, they are able to buy so much and have so much information. And I definitely think that index funds or ETFs would be a little bit more fair game, uh, seeing that they know uh, a little too much. And I kind of feel like there's insider trading, but um, that's uh, neither here nor there. So Apple is currently sitting at one sixty four. 57 after hours on friday and um this one is uh, actually tracked up pretty nicely we were of uh, the year down around 126 so we're we're back up uh, a good bit here about 40 points since the beginning of the year pe sitting at 27 times uh we all know that they've got cash for days they can do a lot of different things and withstand a lot of different problems or you know downturns so I'm definitely comfortable with Apple. I don't know that I'm rushing out to buy it, but it's already a, a large position for me. So I don't really know that I'm on board with uh, with adding. Uh, there's only about 3.6% of upside according to 29 different analysts, but this one is safe. Uh, you've you got a margin of error here. And I, I think that if things really do go south, they have enough cash to really go ahead and survive anything. They are also going to be buying up different companies or making partnerships or deals with uh, other companies other companies as they possibly get weaker. And Apple's got all the cash. They got all the key uh, keys to the kingdom, if you will. And uh, yeah, we've got, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the analysts here. We've got one buy rating, no price target, two holds at 145, 168, uh, and then two buys with uh, price targets of 195. So a little bit mixed opinion here as to where we're going. But uh, ultimately, I I think, uh, you know, Kramer might actually have this one right. It is kind of a buy and hold for me. It's, you know, possibly one of those stocks that you just kind of buy, tuck it away, don't think about it. And, you know, you come back in a few years and and you're glad that you bought those Apple shares. Uh, I definitely tried to trade out of this one once. It was one of my first purchases and uh, it burned me. But um, I, I bought it. And uh, it, it went down like the next couple days and it, it stayed down for six months. And then when it finally got back up to about my cost basis, I said, you know what, I'm done with this thing. And then it continued to run. So uh, probably should have just been dollar cost averaging, buying at those lower prices and then waiting for that rebound. But uh, that was a, a more inexperienced version of me that I really didn't know what to do. I didn't really have that plan laid out as to what I wanted to do when things went wrong and uh that definitely makes a difference in your investing so definitely you know if you've got a a stock in mind come up with a plan what happens if it goes down 10 20 30 or more or you know what happens if it does go up 30 40 50 like are we going to hold on to it are we going to buy more at those low prices is there a price where you want to cut and run and uh, run for the hills or put your money somewhere else so definitely come up with that before you get invested that is uh certainly something that has helped me over time and hopefully it helps you as well. Um well, oh yeah, this one was kind of a a mind-blower too. Congressman Earl Blumenauer, I might botch that name, bought uh, SVB bought SVB the day before it collapsed for his wife's retirement. Nothing says uh <laughs> happy retirement like buying SVB the day before they go bankrupt. That is a uh, Absolutely painful, but um, you know, I guess that that insider information doesn't extend to everyone. So he was buying that one. Pelosi was buying Apple, and uh, some somehow we're going to meet in the middle on that one. But uh, we've got uh, Tys- uh, Tesla. I can't even talk. Price reductions. The base model three down again from a, a low of uh, forty two nine ninety down to 41990 nine ninety. So they cut about a thousand dollars off of that. They are continuing to reduce these prices. They are still hiring people at that Tesla Gigafactory uh, down in Texas. They're trying to build out more production there, and uh, it seems like one of the, they're one of the few people that's looking to add, uh, you know, employees during this time. So that is definitely something we are watching too. Uh, these margins are going to get cut a little bit further, but uh, I still think that they have a kind of a stranglehold on the the market in a lot of different ways, really from the charging station and. Um, I, I guess just personal experience. We, uh, forgot to charge the Tesla before we, we took a, well, it was, didn't really forget the car was plugged in, but the charger was not locked. Uh, which really just means it wasn't plugged in far enough and it did not charge. So we had to stop and charge at a supercharger on a, uh, a small road trip. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, we use a supercharger network, right? So it's easy to find, it's pretty convenient and, and basically, you know, for, about twenty minutes, we we recharged, uh, went inside, you know, got a drink and, and kind of hung out for a while, watched some movies on on the screen inside, and uh, you know, your recharge. It wasn't uh, end of the world. It was a twelve dollar charge, and uh, you know, simply plug in. You don't have to put in your card. It's all on file. Uh, you know, that's one convenient thing is you literally just pull up and it knows who you are, charges your card, and you're good to go. Uh, so. Um, I I guess just for the the different times that we do use the Tesla for a road trip It is becoming a little bit easier a little bit more uh, user-friendly and just knowing that uh, you do have options when you're out on the road we're really used to simply just plugging in at the house driving and uh, You know recharging at night. That's kind of how we use the car. But uh, when you do need to go on a road trip it certainly is uh, functional as long as you you know put it in your your waypoints into your GPS, it'll get you there. It'll tell you exactly when you need to stop. Uh, not really, you know, an advertisement for Tesla. More of a getting used to EVs in the the way that the networks are being built out. Uh, and in in that line, uh, Walmart's trying to jump on board here as well, and they are saying that they're going to be building out their own charging network by 2030. Uh, so we will continue to see more chargers being built at different uh, locations, and uh, probably different more different features. You know, they got better restaurants around them, better you know rest stop areas around these charging networks, not just some back alley with uh, some chargers hooked up, but uh, more user friendly charging stations. So we will definitely see that at uh, at Walmart. I know there's already chargers at a lot of them, but uh, they're looking to build out that network further. And uh, we'll really see how that plays out in the uh, the you know the coming years, but uh, Walmart is also saying that they are looking to go to sixty five percent automation uh, within the next few years as well. Which I mean, if you've ever been to a store, or if you've ever read uh, some of the group threads on Facebook or wherever you get your news, you'll see that uh, most people already say that they're they're pretty much already there, right? They've got. Uh, 27 different uh, self-checkout lines and only two uh, actual cashiers at a register. And uh, I keep seeing things about the carts not being returned. There's absolutely no carts. They're all in the parking lot. So it seems like they already think they're automated, but uh, the automation isn't quite ready yet. So we'll see what those changes actually mean. If they're going to get some kind of robot to bring the carts back or uh, if they're going to have to pay more to bring these carts back in. Because it seems like no one wants to do these jobs as it is. So we're going to see what that actually means for them going forward as well. We've got uh, Charles Schwab. They are saying that they brought in a lot of money in March, even though the stock does not look like it. This one has been beat down, man, terribly with a a lot of the things going going on in the banking space. So we are currently sitting at $49.35 on Charles Schwab. Ticker is SCHW. And uh, start of the year, we were at eighty three forty eight. So we are down near that uh, the fifty two week low of set in uh, in March on the thirteenth at forty five dollars. and uh, i'm I'm very curious to see how much money Charles Schwab has lost in that uh, that time frame as well. I mean, they're they're showing you the net new clients, but I don't have the number on the people who have left or are not investing with them. So, Uh, that number is probably critical to know where their assets actually lie. Um, Now we've got uh, Microsoft. We can go to that one. Microsoft and Cognizant, the ticker over there is CTSH. Microsoft is MSFT. Uh, They announced an expansion of their healthcare collaboration, uh, basically bringing that Microsoft cloud to healthcare. And uh, I'm not going to say I called this, But uh, I did think that a lot of these big companies were really going to push to get into a lot of these smaller companies during this time when things are weak. And uh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, that gives Cognizant a a leg up on some of the competition saying, hey, we're partnering with Microsoft, the cloud computing model that you all know and love. uh, We've got it, you know, so uh, I definitely think that that is a, a nice thing for some of these smaller companies right now. It definitely shows. Uh, a little bit more bullishness for a company like Microsoft. They've got the ChatGPT. They've got the Activision deal trying to go through. They are working on a lot of different things here, and uh, I definitely think that that is uh, going to pay off. You know, they're they're trying to revitalize Bing, which was dead in the water for how many years? I mean, probably since the time of the Microsoft Zune, um, if you remember that one. We're we're going way back, but uh, yeah, we're currently sitting at two ninety one sixty average price target at 297.25. So there's only about a uh, 1.9% of upside currently. But um, I think a lot of these are pulled down from earlier price targets because a lot of the new ones are saying, hey, 310, 307, 305, uh, 310, 316. We've even got a a high price target of $411.00. So I do think that Microsoft still has a lot of upside. They're still finding new ways to reinvent themselves. They're looking for these partnership opportunities. They're looking to buy companies. Uh, And this is where I think these these large cap tech names that are laying off people and using this money right in this time are going to shine when we come out of this thing. Uh, And Microsoft has done that already this year. They are really moving up nicely. But uh, I'm looking at the other companies also that haven't moved up so nicely. Uh, when i'm looking at microsoft though yeah we started the year down at 222 and we're at 291 that is uh, a monumental move on this company we're still sitting at a pe of 31.6 which might be a little bit higher than some of the competition but i think it is justified in this company they are looking for a lot of different ways a lot of different levers to pull in order to make more cash uh so the the eps is nice at a nine dollars per share you get a small, about 1% dividend on a $2.2 trillion market cap company. Uh, So definitely watch out for these large players. I think they're going to be making some smart moves uh, as they have more uh, cash from laying off more people. They're really trying to streamline what they do and use that cash uh, in other companies to build out their own business. So uh, I think definitely smart chess moves from some of these major companies over here. But um, AMD, Samsung. Well, first off, Samsung uh their profits were uh the slimmest since 2009 and they have said that they're going to be cutting their memory chip production going forward in order to try to uh you know kind of bolster these revenues or or bolster some of the the losses that they're facing and really have a, a slimmer inventory and and really not overproduce for things that people don't want right now but at the same time amd and samsung are announcing that they're bringing the amd Radeon graphics uh, to the future mobile platforms Uh, Probably that that galaxy line of phones Uh, So they're trying to you know kind of partner with uh, AMD in order to get a a better card Maybe not make so much themselves, but really let AMD products uh, shine through in their devices So ultimately we'll see what happens there. Uh, I would be more on board with AMD in this space as it sounds like they are coming out of a uh you know that that sell off we had in all the chip space last year and uh you know, AMD is is getting up to the top of the range here in that 52 week. They were down at $54.57 uh on October 13th and we're currently sitting at 92.34. Uh that yearly high was set last year in June at 109. Uh so we're definitely getting back up to that top end of the, that range that we were in. There's only about 5% of upside. I still like AMD uh but personally i'd probably look at other chip names as well before making any decisions uh nvidia has very low amount of upside as well 3.3% uh but some price targets coming in you know good bit higher similar to what microsoft is looking at we're currently sitting at 270 and we've got some price targets in the low 300s so a little bit of upside there but um I would probably take a pause before buying this one as it has run up so much since January. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess if we took took a look over at uh, Qualcomm, uh, we've got uh, about 18.5% of upside over there. If we look at Broadcom, AVGO, we've got uh, about 12% there. So those might have some other options. Uh, Broadcom is going to give you a little bit more in that way of the dividend. Also, uh, currently about uh, almost 3% on that quarterly dividend on Broadcom. Um, what else we got? Like I said, there is a lot of news this week. Um, AMD also, uh, making a new ASIC based media accelerator card to power new area, new era of interactive media. I'm not too sure what this ASIC based media accelerator card is, but, uh, it's a new offering from AMD for that next level kind of computing that we're going to be seeing in AI metaverse, things like that. And, uh, It definitely shows that they are looking for new ways to be involved and in the right space at the right time. So I definitely like that move. We've also got Amazon trying to get into some of this um, uh, data, transmitting data over long distances. By the way of partnering with someone you might not be uh, thinking of when it comes to data, and that name is De Beers, the uh, the diamond company. They are looking to grow artificial diamonds, uh, custom-made pieces, and they're they're really betting on these things to uh, help revolutionize the computer networks and quantum networking transmitting uh, data over longer distances so uh, again I'm not too sure how diamonds play into transmitting data but uh, Amazon's got a bet and they're partnering with the Beers and uh, they' they're, that's quantum networking department of De Beers which I didn't even know was a thing. Uh, so I guess diamonds are not only forever they are for uh, transmitting data over longer distances. So, um, yeah, I think that is about the, the gist of my list right here. Uh, but a lot to unravel. We've got uh, these unemployment numbers, you know, low, lower than we thought they were going to be. We've also got wages kind of year over year slowing the increases of how much wages were going up, which we had talked about that wage spiral and how, uh, you know, people got a new job. They got a raise. People got another new job. They got a raise. And it just made that inflation number kind of keep continuing. So it's nice to see that these numbers are actually kind of falling back in line. Uh, 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 just a lot to unravel here. So personally, I think that uh, it's not great for the the people that are getting laid off, obviously. But uh, some of these things slowing down and, and not having the wages rise and people looking for more jobs, um, you know, kind of taking what they can find rather than just, you know, looking for a a, a moonshot to go to another company. Definitely is going to kind of put a pause on some of this uh, this wage growth spiral. Um, and, and there's just a lot going on here. I, I'm still bullish on some different areas. I still like these uh, these charging plays as we're seeing more uh, build out of networks. Uh, we still got healthcare being talked about in the way of Microsoft Cognizant. Um, the chip space is, is getting a little crowded in the way of AMD, uh, in the way of NVIDIA. We're definitely seeing a lot of demand, but, uh, I'm kind of thinking they might've ran up a little too fast. Uh, so I'm kind of giving a pause on those. i still think that healthcare is going to be good. Oh, we didn't even cover uh, Johnson and Johnson. I, I know that something happened there. Uh, what was it? $8 billion worth of talc, uh, litigation claims were, were being, uh, I guess they had an agreement to, to settle on about an $8 billion um, settlement here. Where, where are we? And I'm trying to find this one. This is not one that I had. Okay. Uh, 8.9 billion to settle baby powder cancer lawsuits with uh, Johnson and Johnson. Now I don't know that this is completely done at that 8.9 billion, but this one did kind of rally on the news that, uh, you know, 8.9 billion was going to be spent out of their cash account here. so currently, we're sitting at 165. This uh, this five-day definitely was a, a nice move up, though. We started the week at 157. Uh, come Tuesday, uh, we went up to 163. And as I said, we closed at 164.92 on Friday. Uh, so the PE is sitting a little high at 24.58. The beta is low, so a less volatile company at 04 quarterly dividend of 2.73%. And this talc uh, litigation case was definitely uh, a dark cloud over Johnson & Johnson. So the fact that they are getting out of that, a lot of people are still looking to get into healthcare stocks, as we know. And uh, I think in the name of Johnson & Johnson, you get a lot of safety. uh, Now that that uh, cloud might be dispersing, we're seeing a lot of people rush back for the dividend and for being in healthcare at a time when we're not too certain as to what uh, is gonna happen with the economy. And this is going to be a nice consumer staple to, to hide out in until the uh, the rest of the dark clouds really leave the uh, the atmosphere here, if you will, in the stock world. And uh, there's a little bit more smooth sailing for everything. So there's a couple stocks that have definitely gone up. Uh, hopefully we can widen out that breadth of the, of the market rise and see a lot of these other stocks really participate in uh, this small base rally right now and really have a, a lot of other stocks start, uh, participating and taking, uh, you know, some of these gains that a lot of the, uh, the main players are seeing right now. So that's what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton more news that uh, I am missing, but, um, I will try to take a look real quick, see if a, after break, there's anything else that uh, I need to cover. And then we're going to cover five stocks, uh, picked by my wife, Jessica, to see just what her, uh, stocks look like for this week. I'm going to be a, uh, you know, kind of raking through them and seeing which ones might be a good one to get into for the investing challenge for week. What are we on 16? And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cover those right when I get back and I'll see if I can't find any more news for you. So stick around and I will be right back. All right, guys, we are back here on the podcast. Uh, so, uh, again, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so, so that you do not miss any future episodes for me. Uh, so definitely on uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, even Alexa. We've got uh, all, all those different ways to listen and and plus some some more where you uh, are definitely checking out those podcasts. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we've definitely got some some more news to get through. and um, what did I miss here? We've got um, what's up first? Well, Apple is going to be opening up their first retail store in India later this month. so we'll definitely see what that means for the the future. In that expanding market over there in India, we've got um, uh, FedEx. Where, where's that FedEx news? They increased their their dividend uh, by another 10%. So that is definitely a strong bet on, uh, on FedEx, but uh, also the other shipping companies. They are definitely seeing a rise as more people are ordering everything and uh, having it delivered to their doorsteps. So that is definitely a, a bullish call for FedEx. And uh, we we had some more Microsoft news. Can you believe that one? Uh, Microsoft and Palantir, ticker PLTR, expand expand their cloud partnership to that public sector. Uh, You know, Palantir is definitely one that I follow, definitely one that I've been invested in. They're definitely more of a cryptic company, kind of sometimes hard to figure out exactly what they're doing or what their products do with the Gotham and Foundry. But, uh, Nice to see that, uh, again, Microsoft is trying to uh, build out these smaller uh, pieces of the puzzle and really trying to partner with some other companies that can get them some more exposure. Uh, Kraft Heinz, ticker KHC, they have a new line of spicy ketchups. And uh, that is definitely something new where they are mixing ketchup with pretty much anything at this point and really trying to expand their product lineup. We will see if they... They take off, or they're going to be on the discount shelf here in a, a few months. But ultimately, they are still looking to find new ways to get more uh, product out there, uh, probably for more product uh, profit margin than even what ketchup is at this point in time. So we will uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, what else we got? Oh yeah, Google. Uh, Google's trying to uh, cut back on the staplers. You know, I, I'm sure you guys have heard this one. They are looking to cut back on staplers, tape, fitness classes and the frequency of laptop replacements and uh, of all things staplers. You know that uh, that one definitely was in the news headlines this week as we were listening in. As to what's going on out there, it's just absolute madness that uh, that's what was going. And I know earlier this this year they were laying off a bunch of massage therapists. So they've uh, they're definitely trying to cut back any which way they can in order to uh, streamline the business. We've also got uh, Finland now joining NATO. Uh, I know Sweden is on the uh, on the list of co- countries that are going to be added as well, but uh, that one is definitely pretty critical in that uh, that Russia region. I do believe they got about 800 mile border with Russia and uh, a long standing you know tensions between them as well. Uh, so a lot of different things going on out there, and we're we're definitely watching that world economy and what's going on. Uh, to really know if we're going to be safe uh, both the U.S. dollar, hopefully stay out of a world war. I'm not too sure what's going to happen there. That's not really where a lot of my focus is. I definitely try to stay uh, up to date, but I'm, I can't say that I'm, I'm well involved into what's going on in the war around the world. Uh, really not my, my area that I follow as much, but uh, definitely uh, something that needs to be watched as things go on forward. Uh, PayPal they are announcing that they added Apple Pay as a checkout option to complete their their payment solutions for small businesses. So uh, another bullish call on PayPal, Uh, you know, it might hurt some of their payment uh, plans and how people accept money. But, uh, you know, I guess definitely nice to see them adding another option and bring in some of those Apple Pay customers onto the PayPal network. Uh, And that's uh, that's pretty much it that I've got right now on the the news that's going on around the world but uh we will get into the investing challenge and uh i'm gonna take a quick look as to what we are doing for week 15 and uh what do we got here trying to refresh the old facebook page we've got uh we've got five names we did go ahead and buy enphase this past week and uh that one's been kind of trading sideways or down a little bit here in the short term. But uh, I still believe that long term, that is a nice stock to add going forward, at least for my portfolio. So for week 15, we had uh, five different names. We had Square, uh, SQ or Block, I guess it's uh, actually known as anymore. We had Cigna Healthcare, CI. We had Snowflake uh, because uh, I think Morgan Stanley and Warren Buffett were really trying to Uh, Buy up more Snowflake shares, S-N-O-W, I said that one, Bank of America, B-A-C, and uh, the winner for the week is going to be Amazon, ticker A-M-Z-N, so we are going to be buying that one on Monday, about $200 worth in our Webull portfolio, Uh, we'll do a quick Webull check to see where we got there. Uh, At last check on uh, crypto, we were uh, still up around that 28,000 mark on Bitcoin, uh, I think Ethereum was in that 1800 range. Uh, so that one is definitely holding up well as a lot of the different concerns with the U.S. dollar are out there. A lot of these different partnerships, the BRICS agreement uh, with going to the Chinese Yuan for uh, a payment uh, currency. And uh, our Weeble portfolio, where are we at now? We are down 5.2 percent. Now, remind you, this started at the beginning of beginning of 2022. So. Uh, at the start of this year, I think we were down, what, 14%, 15%, and now we are up about 10% from there, so minus five, but uh, we're continuing to dollar cost average. I'm not simply just going to set this and forget it. We're going to keep building out this uh, this portfolio um, and really see if we can't get any kind of long-term gains here, so Amazon will be next. Uh, I am comfortable buying that one uh, right now. That is That is absolutely no problem for me. Uh, I definitely think that the tech has had a lot of uh, beat down times, but I think that we're going to see this one kind of rally back. And uh, yeah, we're currently sitting at 101.89. And uh, when I look over at the analyst research, we have a about 34% upside for an average price target of 136.64 on Amazon. And uh, what's the five day look like? Just to see how we did this week. We are down a bit this week. We started the week around 103. And uh, like I said, 101.89. So we'll be buying, hopefully, uh, lunchtime on Monday to get uh, another, uh, hopefully, right around two shares of Amazon into our Webull portfolio. Now, all right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and look at uh, uh, Jessica's top five stocks of the week. And uh, we're going to go right in order. Um Let's. Uh, I'm just gonna pull up E-Trade on my phone because, as you guys know, that is my preferred way to look up these stocks. I'm just more uh, efficient at doing it that way. So, when I am looking at stock number one, that is Target ticker TGT, and uh, these stocks were picked based on, uh, you know, kind of things that she pre- prescribes, things she uses, uh, you know, the the bank uh, that she uses or has uh, the best relationship with. So, not necessarily stock advice, but kind of, you know, your current feelings about these different companies. So uh, let's take a look here. Target, 27 times PE. So a little bit rich there on the the PE. We've got a dividend yield of about 2.6. And I remember when this one was trading closer to 4% on that dividend yield. And uh, they they couldn't really give this one away. That was uh, back when it was probably in the $70 range. Uh, this is some years back that I'm kind of referring to. And uh, it definitely had a nice run. I'm looking at the uh, the five-year chart, and I do see a low of 61 probably back in, oh boy, probably 2018, 2019, and then ran up to 262. So it it went from an undervalued situation in my book where that, that uh, dividend yield was way too high for a stock like Target, and to that way uh, overvalued 262. Then we had all the inventory crunch uh, they had way too much of last year's merchandise, and they just had an absolute, you know, beat down. Uh last summer. We went from two forty-two to one thirty-nine. That is just a, a devastating, uh, you know, drop on a on a big name like Target. So, are we in a spot where we think that we can buy, buy this one now? Uh, man, the the PE is a little stretch for me, but let's take a look at what some of these uh, different. Um, analysts have to say over here on Reuters. We've got a five-year return of about 129%, but a one-year return of minus 23%. So that, that five-year return definitely looks better than the, than the last year. Uh, it is currently rated a buy by 37 different analysts. We've got uh, five downgrades in the last 120 days and only one up revision, about 9% of upside. Uh, the earnings did drop significantly in 2023 uh, from about cut in half from 2022. Uh, But now going forward on the annual revenue, we are seeing a very low growth for uh, between 22 and 24. We've got only 2% of gains in annual revenue for 24 and about 4% by the end of 2025. So not a lot of growth there in that annual revenue department. We did have a really nice dividend growth on uh, fiscal year 2022, 25% growth in that dividend payout. Uh, So their dividend payout is getting pretty high at 72%. Uh, I like to see these really under 60% on a company like this, unless you're in a REIT, I will let it, uh, you know, those are going to have to pay out more in the way of dividends. Uh, they do have 3.5 times the dividend coverage currently. So that is safe-ish on the dividend coverage, but I think that payout is getting to be a little too much. And that revenue not growing uh, as fast as the dividend definitely is uh, is worrisome. It's a definite mismatch of only 2% revenue growth and a 25% dividend growth. So hopefully we can see uh, some of these revenue numbers come up and also maintain that dividend growth status uh, here we go. Price to sales, we are at a 0.7, which is a discount to their five-year average of 0.8, uh, well under that uh, S&P 500 index average of a 2.2. Price uh, trailing PE, 53% premium. So we are paying more than what we traditionally pay for that price to earnings multiple. Forward PE, uh, a 12% premium. So... Um, Let's take a look we've got uh, that peg ratio is dropping significantly I uh, don't have the actual number it looks like somewhere around 0. 0.75 and that five-year average is a 1.9 so there are a couple things I like here uh, I do like the fact that they've raised this dividend uh, significantly I do like the fact that they have three and a half times the dividend coverage uh, in cash but um, at the same time the trailing PE the the forward PE are looking a little stretched and the revenue is a little bit dicey for me. So I don't know that this is a screaming buy for me, especially with only about 9% upside from here. I don't see anything that is really screaming buy to me. Uh, The only thing that I could see is the fact that their inventory levels are getting under control and uh, it has taken such a beating. So if you do like this one, if this is a stock that you would like to see long-term, Go over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and get uh, your vote in for Target, ticker TGT for week 16. Now, the next one also had some uh, some inventory problems. They also had a, a China problem, and that name is Nike, ticker is NKE. Now, this one I, I might uh, kind of guide it into a little bit, thinking that uh, this one might be a little bit different. Uh, when I was kind of saying this, this might be a name that would give a, a second look for me. Now, um, the PE is a little bit higher here, 34.6. And, uh, we've got a little bit of a dividend at 1.1%. Now price target, we're about 11 and a half percent of upside. We do have, uh, about eight strong buys, 16 buys, 10 holds, two sells, one strong sell. But uh, the annual revenue is a little bit different here. We've got uh, high single digits for 23, about 9.1%. And we've got uh, 17% of annual revenue growth by the end of 2024. So more growth here. Dividend growth of about 11%. Dividend payout lower. I do like that. 37.2% with more dividend coverage in uh, reserves. 3.7 times dividend coverage uh, currently. We've got... Uh, 10% discount on price to sales, 28% discount on trailing PE, and a 6% discount on forward PE. So we are getting this a little bit cheaper buying at the current price point. I think they are coming off a lot of those inventory problems. I do like that. Uh, the fact that you're getting more growth, more revenue growth. Uh, the dividend growth isn't as strong, but I think that uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with a 37% payout versus that 70-something percent payout. Uh, and a little bit more in the way of dividend coverage. So I think they've got a little bit more options, a little bit more growth coming in. Um, The PE is stretched, but uh, you you normally pay more than that for uh, the ticker Nike. So you're getting that uh, 28% discount on that versus paying a premium on targets. Um, So I, I think I know where my choice lies, but again, go ahead over there to let it grow investing on Facebook and get your vote in if you want to see Nike. Now, Oh, we did say on last episode, Allergan. Well, I already knew this. Uh, It slipped my mind as we were talking about it, but uh, AbbVie did buy Allergan. So we are going to look at ABBV, which is going to be uh, also owning all of Allergan's uh, medicines over the past, uh, you know, 10 years that they've really come out with a, a lot of great things. So you're getting a higher starting dividend yield. You're in that healthcare space, which I do like right now. Uh, you know, as far as the pharmaceuticals and the, their pipeline of drugs, uh, AbV does have a lot going on with uh, Sky Rizzy. They, they've got Botox. They've got Humira. Uh, that patent is expiring. But uh, there are a lot of different reasons to be looking at AbbVie. And um, they, they are a powerhouse in the industry. So when I'm looking over at the analyst research here, what do we got? We've got uh, looking at Reuters. Let's see if this loads here. We've got uh, barely hanging on to a buy rating, about uh, 80% of a five-year return, only down 4% on that one-year return. Uh, as I said, the healthcare companies are going to withstand these you know, market downturns, recessions, whatever you want to call it, a little bit better than consumer discretionary in the way of Nike. That's just kind of how it goes. But um, we've got two upgrades, two downgrades, so pretty even on that, only about 1.5%. Of dividend growth, but like I said, you do get a bit more in the way of that uh, that dividend to start, and you're going to get a little bit more safety by buying into a name of AbbVie. Uh Annual revenue now, this one we're looking at 9.3% down for 23 and stabilizing through 2024. So uh, again, we knew that was going to happen with Humira. Uh, so those patents are expiring, so there's going to be generics. There's going to be a lot of uh, pressure on uh, that line. And that was their number one selling product. Uh, so ultimately, we will see if uh, Skyrizi and uh, a lot of the other drugs that they are coming out with are going to recoup a lot of these uh, these losses on the Humira front. And uh, personally, I-, I think that they're going to be just fine. Uh, I think Skyrizi's is doing a lot more uh, great numbers than a lot of people anticipated. But uh, it is definitely worth noting that this one could trade down on the fact that uh, some of these numbers might come in light year over year. And uh, I think people are going to probably overreact. So, I again, uh, I don't know that I'm screaming buy on this one. This could be certainly a case to buy when uh, when we get some numbers that don't look so great into the earnings season. But uh, dividend growth, about eight and a half percent dividend payout getting high on this one also 87.2%. Definitely something that uh, I want you guys to look for before getting into a name. And uh, again, if you see an ad- annual revenue number going down and you don't know why, you really need to look at why those numbers are dropping before ever thinking about buying that stock. You really need to take a look at, the, at why these numbers are dropping or even why they're going up, uh, you know, massive amounts of uh, gains in a year. If you don't know, you probably need to do a little bit more research. We've got a 15% premium on price to sales. We've got a 2% discount on trailing PE and a 48% premium on forward. Now that has got a lot to do again with the Humira numbers and uh, those earnings are going to drop. So I definitely think we need to uh, evaluate this one a little bit more than simply just buying. Um, So yeah, price to sales again, uh, again, above that five year, forward PE, uh, above the five-year trailing PE, right below it. But um, yeah, if if you're about a healthcare stock that's going to give you a pretty solid starting dividend of about 3.7%, uh, I definitely think that uh, you know there's there's some great options out there in healthcare right now. They might not uh, set the world on fire with with growth, but uh, I do think they're going to give us a lot of stability. So if that's what you're looking for, uh, could be a good stock to to get into and then average into as things go down. So number three, ABBV. Now number four. Now this one at first sight, where we're where we are in the market, uh, looking at TJ Maxx, the ticker TJX. I do think that this could have uh, some upside potential just at first glance. Now, uh, as all that inventory was overproduced last year, uh, you know these companies, TJ Maxx, are going to be buying these uh, unsold goods from other retailers at a massive discount. And now I think that people are going to be looking more at these stores as uh, you still got demand in, uh, you know, apparel and things like that. But the uh, the price point is going to be a big factor. Everyone wants a deal on what they're buying. And, uh, you you know, you're going to go to TJ Maxx to find that. So you're getting about uh, a one point seven percent dividend price uh, earnings. P.E. is at at twenty six? Uh, let's uh, uh, they did just boost their dividend. Also, let's check that out. We've got uh, Reuters here saying it is a pretty solid buy. 87% uh, return over the past five years. And this one actually went up over the past year, about 29%. So that is definitely nice to see on this front. We still got about 10% of upside on TJX with annual revenues growing about 6.4% in 24 and 11.7% in fiscal year 2025. We've got dividend growth of 13.5% and a lower payout at 41%. Uh, Dividend coverage is same as Nike's at 3.7 and uh, a little bit higher of a dividend. So uh, 1% premium price to sales, 30% discount on trailing PE and 2% discount on forward PE. So uh, a lot of things are checking out right in line, price to sales right where it is in that five-year average. Uh, That PEG ratio uh, right below its five-year average. And uh, I think it is one that um, going through a recession could do really well. Um, you know, people still need to get their kids' clothes. They're still going to need new, new apparel for themselves. And uh, I think that uh, they might be, you know, more leaning on that value side rather than going and paying a retail for these brand new items. You know, I, I don't think when it comes to the the way of jeans, if you're going out to to work or do something, people are just going to go get a pair of jeans and and find something at a great price point. So. That is definitely something that uh, kind of interests me in this market. And the current situation is TJX. Uh, they also operate uh, Marshall stores uh, as well as uh, Home Goods, And they also have TJ Maxx Canada and uh, Marmax, which I'm, I'm not even familiar with that store. But um, I'm guessing it's a similar type price point offering uh, that they operate as well. Um, so now what else we got? Last one. And that name could also be something that's really interesting to me right now. And the name uh, Capital One Financial. Now, Capital One is in that uh, that top tier of banks. I think they're somewhere around number eight or number nine as far as assets under management under uh, this bank. Um, so now we are currently at 94.40. Uh, last April, we were at 144.73. So that was a high. We're definitely closer to this low. And uh, back in February, we were sitting at 121. So this, uh, this current uh, problems in all the banking sector did bring us down to about a 89.7. Uh, actually, it does say on March 24th, 86.8. That was the low. So um, we're definitely closer to that low. Uh, I do like being in those tier one banks as I've talked about before. Uh, About a two and a half percent dividend yield. P.E. is super low at five point two seven. So I think we get a lot of safety from that earnings per share of seventeen point nine. So that is really nice on that earnings per share front. The P.E. nice and low to give us that safety. Um, Trefis says we've got about twenty three point four percent of upside. Let's see if Reuters agree with that or if there might be a little bit higher. Uh, 21, they're actually a little bit lower. And that is against uh, 19 different analysts when you look at the uh, Reuters report as to who makes that, that price point here. Um, so earnings coming down slightly, but we also have revenues going up for 23 and 24, about 8% in 23, 11.3% by the end of 24. We've got uh, dividend growth last year at 20%. And a super low payout ratio of only 13.4%. So I really like this. This is a nice setup. They've got nice growth. The revenues are going to match that. And your payout ratio is super low. So you've got enough in the way that they can still uh, raise this this dividend, continue to do these uh, these larger dividend uh, payment uh, raises, but also not get you to the point where they're paying out too much. So it could be a sweet spot of uh, getting larger increases, getting a yearly raise, and still have enough left over going forward. So I definitely like that. Uh, and it, it looks like uh, the, the numbers here agree with me also. Price to sales, 33% discount. Uh, trailing PE, 54% discount. I thought that 53 was low, but their five-year average is 115 So definitely cheap there. Uh, the forward PE is at a 6.6 and their five-year average is a 9.3. So 30% discount there. Uh, so as far as those numbers go, the dividend payments look good. The fact that they just got beat down with a lot of other banking stocks that might not be uh, you know, right in the wheelhouse of what they're doing at Capital One. Uh, I definitely think that these numbers are probably the most attractive to me right now, but you have to also take into consideration that we're going through a potential financial crisis and more pain in that banking sector. So uh, I'm not going to say that it's not without risk, but uh, I do like this as an entry point and uh, a probably a good spot to dollar cost average into some of these banks. I've, I've said that a couple times now, but um, yeah, that's what I've got for you guys. So Number one, we've got uh, Target, TGT. Number two, we've got Nike, NKE. Number three, we've got AbbVie, ABBV. Number four, TJX for TJ Maxx. And number five, COF for Capital One Financial. Um, I think there's a lot of great long-term plays here. Um, some have better entry points right now for some different reasons. But uh, we really got to take a look at which one do we want to add to. and where are we willing to put our money in the short term? What kind of you know tolerance for pain do we have in some of these names? And uh, really, where do we see them going in the future? So I've got my own thoughts. Uh, I'm gonna let you guys pick those though. Uh, that is going to be over there, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook, link in the description. If you're not a member, please join the group. Uh, we're definitely gonna try to get some more information and up-to-date uh, news on that page rather than simply waiting a week to hear what's going on On the podcast. So please go ahead, get over there and uh, get your votes in. And uh, with that being said, that's all I got for you guys today. So you got any questions, any comments, anything you want to hear about, feel free to let me know. If you want to uh, go ahead and support the page, you can do so by sharing. That is probably the best way. If you want to go the extra mile and, uh, you know, help contribute to the podcast, you can do that over there. Uh, the link in the description. I believe it's anchor.fm slash slash let it grow, but they might have changed it to Spotify for podcasters. Uh, So definitely follow the link in the description if you want to do that. Questions, you can also leave them on the Spotify page or on the Let It Grow investing page. But that's what I got, guys. Uh, Get out there, get invested, try to be safe, come up with a plan and let it grow. I'll talk to you in the next one.